hey, hey, and welcome to Insurance Town. I'm the Mayor Heath Sheeran and the host of this podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you guys so much for hanging out today. I got my friend Andy Neary coming in, and we have a great conversation. Have a good time. I can't wait for you to hear it. But guys, uh, before we do, let's talk some sponsors here. Ladies and gentlemen, insurance agents from all over the country and all over the world, are you tired of feeling like you're playing a risky game when it comes to your grooming? Well, my friends over at Manscaped are here to help you with that. They are the go-to brand for men's grooming. Uh, They've got everything you need to keep your sensitive areas looking and feeling their best. Say goodbye to those uncomfortable nicks and cuts and hello to precision and comfort. One product you absolutely need to check out is the Lawnmower 4.0. It's powerful, reliable trimmer equipped for skin-safe technology, ensuring a smooth, safe grooming experience. Trust me, it's like having your own personal insurance policy against mishaps. (laughs) See what I did there? But it doesn't stop there. Manscaped also offers so many other things. The Beard Hedger Pro, the nose hair trimmers, all the above. Now, the best part for all my insurance professionals out there listening and those that aren't, uh, insurance professionals using the code mayor will get you 20% off plus free shipping. That's right. Free shipping folks, savings and peace of mind all in one package. Sounds like a great thing for you insurance professionals out there. So go to manscaped.com. That's M A N S C A P E D.com. Scroll to the bottom, type in the code mayor and take advantage of that discount. Also, guys, if you have not checked out uh, or gotten into vir- virtual assistance, you've got to check out my friends over at CoverDesk. They do a fantastic job over there of training uh, insurance professionals in our space to work with you virtually from the Philippines. And they become a part of your team. They become the, power, the fabric of your organization, your culture, and what you're doing on a day-to-day basis. And hands down, it's a game changer for your agency. And if you need to offload some tasks, if you need to have someone help you with your prospecting, with your marketing, with your emailing, with projects you want to work on, go to CoverDesk.com and tell them the mayor sent you. Guys, uh, before we get into the show, I do want to talk to you about my newest sponsor, who uh, I think is fantastic, and that is Old School Marketing. You know, some of you guys have heard about direct mail marketing, but these people take it to a whole other level with handwritten envelopes, handwritten notes, and they've got it down to a science. And this guy uh, who runs this company has um, been doing this for so long in his own agency. And it is uh, unbelievable. He saw his agency struggling in some marketing efforts, started doing this direct mail marketing his way with handwritten notes. And he saw, and he says he saved his agency. If you check out that episode a few weeks ago, he saved his agency by doing this. And now he's helping insurance professionals all over the country to be able to do this. You've got to check it out. Go to old, it's O-L-D-E, oldschoolmarketing.com. You've got to check it out. And uh, he'll give you uh, the best white glove experience that you need. Oldschoolmarketing.com. You got to check it out. Guys, let's uh, let me get out of the way and let's get into this conversation with my main man, Andy Neary. Andy Neary, my brother. What's going on, man? How are you? Hey, Heath. It's great to have, uh, great to be on the show here this morning. Yeah, dude. I am, I'm pumped about it, man. So, um, uh, how's life treating you? Where, you? where you at now? What's going on right now? Are yeah, you man. in a studio? Are you in your office? Where are you at right now? I'm in my new office. Uh, I've got my three words we live by behind me. Consistent, persistent, patient. We just yeah. moved back to Wisconsin, uh, where we're from a month ago. We spent the last nine years in Colorado. And with all the changes okay. going on in this world, Heath, I'll tell you, it is a lot less stressful living here than it was out West. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, that's why they smoke so much pot in Colorado. It's just, <laughs> it's a lot going on out there. <laughs> well said. In fact, the funny story, we decided to move in, to Colorado, like January of 2014, actually moved May of 2014. That spring was the year, the spring Colorado became the first state to legalize marijuana. So we got a lot of pushback when we moved at the timing we moved. Ah, we know why you want to go to Colorado. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah, there you go. Um, you know, I go there quite a bit now, and uh, I got a lot of friends that live there, and I, I I can understand, you know, why it's a big deal, and I can understand there's there's a lot of money to be made in that industry. Uh, oh, hundred percent. It's a super cool industry in that way. Um, just I went to a a conference 
here in Little Rock, we were kind of toying around with the medical thing. And they had this big conference at a conference here. And I just kind of wanted to wander through and see what it was like. And there was booths with these, you know, the lighting setups alone are so expensive to buy, to put in your, I don't know, I guess your greenhouse or whatever you want to call it. I'm not a, a grower or anything. And then, but just the lights alone. Uh, we're crazy. And then, you know, the industry behind, like, I just thought it was just a bunch of potheads that grew it in like their basement, but these people like spend some real money in the oh, pot industry. There was, there was a time. So it was about three, four years ago. So one of the big chains in Colorado, I'm probably going to name it wrong, but I am pretty sure it's native roots, big pot chain in, in Colorado when they were, it was coming up to rename the Broncos stadium. That the uh, it was Sports Authority Field. Sports Authority goes out of business, so obviously they got to find a new uh, sponsor. Native Roots literally was going to pay cash for it. That's how well they were doing. But the the city was like, "There's no way we can let a pot company become the name of our stadium." And people were like, <laughs> "Why not? It's called Mile High Stadium." Yeah, yep, that's perfect. Yeah, that's hilarious. Mile High Stadium. Um, and fun fact there, um, just, and this sounds like a brag and it is, but I've had my face on the jumbotron there, uh, nice. at, Mile High, uh <laughs> at a speaking event that I did there a couple of years ago. So, uh, some of you listening and we're there, but, um, anyhow, so, uh, are you a big sports guy? Oh yeah. We're happy to be back. We're big Wisconsin. People always think Packer fans, not as much. We're big time Wisconsin Badger fans. Okay. Okay. Which we share something in common because we had a we had the same head coach of the football program at Wisconsin and Arkansas, which we can get into yeah. later if we want. You mean uh, the one who married a stripper? Uh, <laughs> the same one. Uh, I'm just the same kidding. one who left Wisconsin to go win national championships and stayed in the SEC cellar for four or five years. Yeah, that one. Yeah, that one. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I liked him. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I liked him a lot, but. Um, you know, I just don't think he was a good fit here by any means. They, uh, he wore his welcome out in Madison as well. Yeah, I think, you know, first couple of years, it's exciting and it's fun to have him here. But then, it, like you said, he wears it out. Um, we've had our run of bad coaches here in uh, in Arkansas, so I get it. Um, and, and coaches that wore out their welcome. But uh, so you're a Badgers guy. Um, any any pro teams you really follow? Um, Great question. I, you know little known fact I don't talk about a whole lot it's in my branding once in a while is I did play pro baseball a little bit with the Milwaukee oh, Brewers, nice. which was so Brewers, I'd say if there's one pro team I really follow, it's the Brewers just because one, it's my hometown team living 30 miles outside of Milwaukee, but two, yeah. having the chance to actually play for the organization. If there's one team I'll check in on when it's looking at the box scores and things like that, it's the Brewers. That's awesome. Pat and Pat and I admit the Packers in the fall, it's hard not to get caught up in that, especially now that right. we're living back here and I mean, Packers lose on a Sunday, Heath. It is a depressing Monday morning in this state. Oh, I can only imagine. Um, you know, it, it, the cheeseheads and that whole thing. It's just, it's it's cool they have that, you know. And I never understood the whole cheese thing. I never did. And then I, I went to Wisconsin. I guess it's been uh, a couple, maybe a year and a half ago. And it was like, you've got to try this cheese curds. To me, it sounded disgusting. Um cheese curds like i'm thinking curdled i just think it's bad and then they were like the only you have to go find it and if it doesn't squeak it's not good cheese or something to that effect and so I, I, the first bag i got into and what was all the, also trippy about it andy is it was it, it doesn't have to be refrigerated it doesn't have to be and i'm like which which doesn't sound right yeah i was you know the kind of thinking this is not cool um but you know i, I got several bags of these little this cheese and I took it on the plane with me brought it back home and I couldn't wait I can't wait to get back and get more um uh, so good though and I don't know what it is is it just over processed is that why it gets to be I, I, I don't know the answer I wish I had the answer to that question but what's interesting is but like when we lived in Colorado and you tell people from you you're from Wisconsin there's a couple things that come up when they when they think of like food and things like that number one the yeah. cheese curds yeah number two for whatever reason, they automatically, if you're a beer guy, yeah, they think of New Glarus Brewing and Spotted Cow because oh, yeah. Spotted Cow is only sold within state lines. You can't, they can't find it anywhere else. So if you go to yeah. Wisconsin, they literally sell it in the airports so you can take sure. it home with you. And then the third thing is 
in this state, for whatever reason, they love to fry everything. Eve, you go to the state, the state fair yeah. will be coming up. I think at the end of the month, maybe you'll literally will find everything under the sun fried from corn to sausage, to butter, to Oreos, you name it. They fry everything. All right. You just, you just, you opened up a can here. All right. So <laughs> we're going to, we're going to do a draft here. I love good draft. We're going to do three rounds of um, fried foods, your favorite fried foods, whether it's carnival wise, uh, we'll go carnival or something to that effect. I don't want to hear fried chicken. That's boring, but let's go favorite fried foods. I'll give you first round pick. Uh, and we'll go from there. And this is tough, man. I'm a pretty healthy eater. So right. I am uh fried foods. I'm probably first round. I'm going to go with some kind of seafood. Okay. So I'm probably going to go with cal- calamari. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, I like that. Uh, and it took me a while to get behind that one because it's, what is it? Squid or octopus or whatever it is. Octopus. Uh, I yeah. think. Yes. And I was thinking, Oh, uh, but man, that's good stuff. Um, uh, you mentioned one earlier that got my brain going. Um, and so I, I got to go with Oreo. I love a good fried Oreo or a good fried Twinkie. Uh, can't decide. I think I'm gonna go first round pick. I'm gonna go fried Oreo. I'm gonna have to go there. It was so good. So what's your second round pick? Second round. I'm probably going again. I, I like to eat healthy. So for some people, it's going to be a boring answer, but like a fried, I I've had fried like cauliflower. Okay. Dip, yeah. If you dip it in like some kind of uh what's this? Uh oh my god, I'm forgetting the name. Like a cocktail sauce of some kind. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah, I've seen lately there's a trend in Arkansas and probably there too, because y'all fry everything as well. Where it's like they have these, like they'll take instead of buffalo wings, they'll replace it and have these cauliflower bites. And they yes. like put buffalo sauce on them and they make them they taste a lot like buffalo wings. I mean, you could tell it's freaking cauliflower, but it's good stuff. I'll give you yeah. that. All right. Let's since you're okay. So my second, um, I, I love, you know, I, I went with the fried Oreos first round and I love a good fried dessert. Cause it's interesting to go that route, you know, however, uh, I am going to have to go. And I don't know if you, I guess you'd call this fried, but I love a good corn dog. Mm, I haven't a had good, one in years, but that, good that is fried yeah. corn dog. Just like the, I, I love them, man. They're amazing. So your third round pick, we're going to go with. I've been thinking about that one. Uh, third, I'm and thinking about things I've had at a restaurant before. And if um, you want to go just great fried foods in general, it have to be your favorite, but just something, you know, just. About- you know, I, I it's unfortunate because I, I have to be dairy free right now. Yeah, yeah. So I can't enjoy this. But man, I don't know if there's anything better than a well done fried mozzarella stick. Oh, that's good stuff. Yeah. As uh, like an appetizer to a meal. Yeah. I don't know if there's anything better than that. We were, we were up North, uh, Wisconsin, Northern Wisconsin a few weeks ago with family and we we're on the pontoon boat and they pulled into, to, to one of the lakeside bars to get the kids yeah. mozzarella sticks. And I was so jealous cause I, I can't have dairy right now, but man, they smell good and taste even better. Oh, that's amazing. Okay. So my third, um, round pick here. And it's, it's an interesting one for me because I, I I never heard of it before. And then when I had this for the first time, it blew my mind. Have you ever had fried macaroni balls? Like the, the, the little balls they stuff macaroni and cheese in? Oh, it's similar to a cheese stick. But oh, my gosh. Uh, I've had fried macaroni, not in a ball, but it is good. Fried macaroni is bomb. And so uh, and the audience is probably yelling at us right now thinking we missed a whole lot. But that's fine. Um <laughs> You know, in Arkansas, we're the same way. We fry everything. Um, I love, you know, just uh, some runner-ups, man. I, I love a, a good uh, a tater tot. I, I love a good, um, you know, hush puppy. I think those are fantastic. Oh, hey, hey, time out, time out, time out, time out. Right on. First round pick. <laughs> First round pick. Oh, hush puppies. Hush puppies. So no, 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 no. I'm going to, sorry. I, I, I apologize, everybody listening. My draft is terrible. I'm going to redraft my number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hands down, because I didn't think of it. Go to the go to like the Florida Keys. Yeah. Conk fritters. Fried oh, conk fritters. Yeah. I just Hands came down number one. Yeah. I just came back from Key West. That's good stuff, man. I will eat those every single day we're in the keys. There yes. you go. Love it. I love it. All right. We'll make the amendment there. We'll let that happen. And uh, the weird thing is, Heath, we don't eat a lot of fried food. 
But I'll tell yeah. you, sometimes just the smell of fried food, if it's done right, is like, that's good. Yeah, I agree. You know, and there's a difference in our in our body types here. I'm a big guy. Um, and so I, I love a good fried food. Um, I try to stay healthy. I try to work out, try to do the things. But, man, I just can't help it. I grew up in the South where we fry everything. Hot takes. Uh, it's one of my favorite things uh, to play. And I'm going to ask you the first one that popped up on the hot takes card. I want your opinion here. The, the hot take is people should get a ticket for leaving a shopping cart in the parking lot. Hundred percent. Okay, is that is I, that a pet peeve of yours? Is I, that something I, that I, you? I, it's a, it, I would absolutely agree with that statement because at any given location of your parking spot, you are probably f- within fifty feet of those places to put your cart. Yeah. If you can't walk 50 feet to put your place in that cart, you definitely deserve a ticket. Yep. Yep. All right. One more. I got a controversial one here. Oh, boy. A grizzly bear would win in a fight against a gorilla. 100%. Yes. You think so? A gorilla. uh, Yeah, but man, you know, living in Colorado for nine years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's so weird out there, Heath, is we didn't have, I don't understand why grizzlies are not in Colorado. But you go one state north, Wyoming, they're all over the place. Yeah, yeah. And I will tell you, I've never seen one in the wild. I've had friends who have encountered them and were very lucky. Yeah. When those puppies stand up, good night. Yeah. They're they're yeah. they're 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 eight, nine, ten feet tall, like seven, eight, nine, ten feet. Like it's insane how big they are. But have you seen a freaking gorilla? I mean, I have, but a, a vicious female grizzly. Okay. Oh, okay. No I think we may have to define, is it a male or female grizzly? A right, female right. grizzly? I don't know if you have a chance. <laughs> All right. I got you. All right. Uh, I'm going to pull one last one. And we're getting into you. Uh, we're getting into you here. Um, All right. Oh. All right. I like this. Living 100 years in the future would be better than living 100 years in the past. Man, with, yes the, way no. with the way they're, we're headed right now, that's a tricky question. It is because um, you could take that in several different directions. You uh, could, and and I think that about that could get political real quick. Or that oh could yeah, get, oh yeah. Technology wise, it could be you know something to talk. You about. know, I try to be optimistic because you got everybody now saying AI is going to yeah. kill us all and take over the world. Yeah, I I believe good always wins out, and AI yeah. and things like that will make our lives easier. And I I think. A hundred years from now, this place, Earth, whatever we want to call it, is going to be a hell of a lot better. We're going to go through some rough times. Look yeah. at it. Look where we're at right now. But I think we're going to be in a much better place a hundred years from now. So I'd go in the future. Yeah. Okay. See, it's funny you say that because I'm one of these guys that uh, I'd go a hundred years in the past. Um, just because like, and I've talked about this on my show and other people's show uh, a lot. I'm scared of the future and I, it's weird because I'm a technology guy and I love it. And I work for a technology company and, you know, I've invested in several tech companies, but I, I'm just, I, I'd rather live in the days with no cell phones, you know, no internet, no TV. That's just me because uh, I think it really bothered me in the eighties and nineties when I was looking forward to these flying skateboards from back to the future and it never happened. And I just thought, you know what? Forget it. I'm over the whole future thing. Um, yeah, but I'm, your point is well made. Going back to the past is simplicity. Oh, my God. And I think as more technologically advanced we get, you have people looking for simplicity. It's one reason we move back here. Yeah. So a uh, simple life is not a bad life either. Yeah. And I think 100 years ago, though, yeah, it was coming right out of the Great Depression. We had a lot. It was right in that Great Depression era and coming out of that. And I feel like that was some good times. But anyway. Yeah. All righty. Um, you know, now the audience got to, to hear who you are. You're, you're a cool guy. They want to hear more about, okay, who is this Andy Neary guy? Why don't we take a walk down memory lane and why don't you uh, take me back as far as you want to and kind of get me into your insurance journey, how you got into it, how you got back to Wisconsin, and then we'll get into some good meat and taters. Perfect. So, you know, flashback 20 years, 25 years, um, leave college, have an opportunity to sign a free agent contract with the Milwaukee Brewers. So, Spent a couple of years pitching in the Milwaukee Brewers organization. Uh, unfortunately, got that pink slip in the locker at spring training, which is the one thing you never want to see. And it is true. You get a pink slip in the locker. Um, so I get out of baseball and a family friend says, hey, why don't you come work for me? And at the time, he was running a New England financial office, so financial planning. 
And it was a really interesting year because here I am, 22 years old. First year, he has a heart attack and he's forced to retire. And then a week two later, my sales manager at this office leaves. So here I am, 22 years old with no direction. <laughs> and I realized that like, this isn't going to be, I, I don't enjoy sitting at tables at six o'clock at night trying to help people invest their money. H how is a 60 year old going to? Uh, listen to a 22 year old. And so a friend of mine, another friend said, Hey, I work, you know, with a company called Federated Insurance. You should come check this out. So here I go to Federated. If anybody listening has ever been there, it's one of the best training programs you'll ever get. So I'm selling commercial, I'm selling health insurance, disability, life. And what I realized, Heath, over the four next four or five years is I sucked at selling life insurance. And that's what their whole promotion system was based on. So I hit that moment where it's, you know, crap, get off the pot. It's time for me to leave. And so I navigated myself to the independent side where a lot of people end up and selling commercial and, and health. And I really gravitated to health because I realized there's a lot of education that goes on with health insurance. And I'm a good educator. I'm good at teaching. And I spent the next 10, 13 years of my career selling health insurance in that time. Amy and I decided to move out to Colorado in 2014, and I realized, crap, I am starting over. I'm in a market where nobody knows me, working for an agency that wasn't didn't leverage marketing. What am I going to do? I said I could do it the way I was taught, picking up the phone, go pound the pavement, park my car in an industrial park like Federated taught me, but that was going to be grueling. So what I did is I said, I'm going to go look at what other industries are doing when it comes to marketing. And I went out there. That's what I learned about social media. I learned about uh, video content, all this, all these things you could do to get attention. And I brought those ideas back to my insurance prospecting and they worked. And what I realized was it was the concept of exponential awareness. I was getting a message in front of a lot of prospects at one time, which was helping me get a lot of prospects to know me quickly. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like that. And fast forward another six, seven years, you know, 2020, 2021, I had some pe friends, peers start to say, hey, could you help me do what you did? Yeah. And lo and behold, I had a side hustle, which turned into a full-time business we call Complete Game Consulting today. I dropped, uh, I should say dropped, I stopped selling insurance January 1 of 21. And today I own and run Complete Game Consulting with a small team and we just coach and train the insurance industry. Ladies and gentlemen, we are at a mid-roll ad, and I want to talk to you about my friends over at Smart Choice. They are the fastest-growing agency network for a reason. Uh, they just want to come in and help you. They're so genuine. I love those folks over there. I've known them for over a decade, and I'm so proud to have them as part of my show. And they have been helping agencies all over the country since the dawn of time, it feels like. They've been around a long time. They're not new kids on the block. And they come in, they want to help you, and they don't work off a of fee structure. They work off of a commission split, and that's only off of the carriers they bring to the table, not your existing markets. So uh, if you want to look into that, you need to go to smartchoiceagents.com. They also don't have any lengthy contracts. They also help you by lowering your premium thresholds, uh, lowering your volume commitments, and they raise your commissions on many occasions. And so they are a game changer for your agency. Go to smartchoiceagents.com. Also, my good friends over at Canopy Connect. Gosh, I love working with Tolga and Robert and Casey and the whole team over there at Canopy. They are fantastic. Your one-click solution again, those deck pages and loss runs and driver lists and claims and this and that that you need to quote your prospect. It's going to help you revolutionize your customer journey and take you to a level that you didn't dream was possible. And it's going to help you with referral partners too. Don't forget that too. That's a massive thing. It can go up to 50 links or more that you can send to your referral partners, customizable links for them to be able to get connected to you at quicker. And you can get them quotes, you know, a lot of times first in, first out on those referral partnerships. So go to usecanopy.com backslash Heath, get your demo, grab you that discount. There's a discount there for being a listener of my show. Uh, and uh, make sure that you go to that backslash Heath. Guys, uh, Canopy Connect is a game changer. I want you to check them out. Let's get back to the show. 
And it sounds like you've got, you know, a formula that helps the phone to start to ring, to help the email start to come in, to help, you know, prospects start walking in the door. A hundred percent. I think to answer your point or make your back up your point about laziness, you got to yeah. remember in our industry, and I was, I was a benefit of benefactor of this. We hire these producers, give them a nice two-year salary guarantee, and then they got to validate, right? But for two years, they're comfortable. Yep. And that's where that, I believe that's where a lot of that laziness comes in because I was guilty of it. Um, When it comes, to, but now you go, okay, I got to open some doors here. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, here is the reality. No matter where you are in your career, not enough people know who you are. And this concept of exponential awareness, Heath, when I look at things like cold calling, or sending emails directly to a prospect. I can only hit one prospect at a time with one phone call. I can only hit one prospect at a time with one email. And though you still have to do those things, the reality is they're not as effective as they used to be. I just saw a stat that said it takes 18 phone calls today to reach one prospect. Yeah. It's 180 calls to hit 10 people. But with social media, email content, uh, webinar content, public speaking, which has been huge in my career. These are all opportunities to get one message in front of one, a lot of people at one time. And that, and you have to use that as part of your strategy because what it does is it creates name recognition. Yep. So that when you do pick up the phone or you do send that email, people know who you are. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And when I first got into selling myself several years back, um, almost 20 years ago, I was really involved in different organizations and different things and doing boards and doing all kinds of different things. And my dad, who brought me in old school, you know, did almost live 100 years ago, but he was one of these guys that uh, he's 80 years old. I, I kid you not, still knocking doors and wow, loves it, loves the game, student of the game. He's amazing. But um, anyhow, you know, he would be like, Why are you involved in this? You're taking time away from da 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 da. But for me, I called it Heath Sharing Awareness, you know, and it was like the more I get out and the more I go to BNI and uh, the more I go to networking events, the more I'm at these things. Yeah, it might take away from dad wanting to make 20 extra cold calls or doing this or that. But that awareness, you know, paid dividends, you know, every single month because I would have, hey, I saw you speak at this event six months ago and I'd love to talk to you. My insurance up for renewal. And I just kept in, I'd have more and more and more of that. So yeah, the awareness thing is huge. I agree. I think there's, there's two types of marketing. There's direct marketing and there's brand marketing. hundred percent. The, the direct marketing, the goal is to, to create appointments, right? Brand marketing, the goal is to create awareness. And you and I both know our industry lacks patience. So they don't like doing yeah. the brand marketing because it doesn't create overnight wins. However, right. in today's noisy world, you have got to, leverage brand marketing to make your direct marketing more effective. And to your point about the Heath Sharing Awareness, you know, campaign, that's that is what it's all about today. And it's interesting. I was given, you know, yeah. and I go, going back to my financial quick short cup of coffee in the financial planning world. Remember, <laughs> I was given two pieces of advice by yeah. some guys in the office who had been around for a while. Number one, dye your hair gray so people trust you more. That was the first <laughs> piece of advice. The second right. piece of advice was go get a, even though you can't afford it, go get a membership at the uh, one of the country clubs or and go eat lunch at the most expensive places because that's where the CEOs are hanging out. Yeah. Well, here's the truth. I'm holding my phone if you can't see this. This is today's country club. This is one of the places your prospects are hanging out. Yeah. Your marketing yeah. has to be here as well. Yep. Oh, yeah. There's nothing. I, I completely agree with you on that because I'm a huge firm believer in the relationship and building noise of going to the country club, doing those things that you were taught to do. And I got into business when I was 20, 21 years old as well. So I, I remember those days of I didn't dye my hair gray, which is I was happy I grayed early in the beard. But because it is tough when you're talking to a 40, 50, 60 year old guy, business owner, and you're 21, 22, and look, you're like, what do you know? You know, luckily for me, I was able to say, I've been watching my dad do this my entire career. I know what I'm doing. And I would piggyback off of dad, but it was very tough. You know, I haven't always looked this old at one point in time. I was a younger, you know, um, good looking guy. And it was tough uh, because they wouldn't want to listen to me, but um, you know, but like you said, 
that the phone, you know, really helped a lot of that and helped a lot of people and you can still build relationships through that. But I think you mentioned something earlier about building your story, building your brand. And then there's, you know, a book, I'm sure you're part of the Donald, I think it's Donald Miller building yep, story yep. brand. hundred percent. The book that changed my career was building a story okay. brand written by Donald Miller. Yep. Tell me, tell me a little bit about that. Tell the audience that doesn't know about that book and why it changed your life. Yeah, I will. Uh, I don't know if people watch this uh, video yeah, we'll at put all. Some clip, we'll put some clips. But I, I'm going to put the book right in the camera so they can see it. Yeah. Uh, this book changed my career because I read I don't even remember how I got my hands on it. But I read the book. And for those who haven't read it, it is probably the best book ever written on how to use storytelling okay. to turn your connections into sales conversations. because in that book, he walks through the formula to tell an effective story. And if you, once you read it, by the way, it's going to ruin every book you read and movie you read because they watch because they all do the same thing. It's storytelling. And the concept is really simple. Every story for thousands of years has been told this way. There's a hero who has a goal, yeah, but they encounter a problem that keeps them from the goal. Therefore, they need a guide who's got a plan to help them have success and avoid failure. Now, with that formula in mind, you can start to see where our industry already makes the mistake in marketing. They pit themselves as the hero. And the the client the prospect the is the hero. You're just exactly. the guy. In yep. the book, in the book, Donald Miller talks about think about the movie Star Wars. In the original trilogies, Luke Skywalker's the hero. Yoda and Obi-Wan are the guys. So as an advisor, you're Yoda and you're trying to help Luke Skywalker. Marketing pivoted that way becomes more effective. Tell your prospect story. And that's what changed for me because up until that point, all I did is what our industry has done. Talk about ourselves all the time. And I said, huh, if I just make the one shift of spending all my time with my content, LinkedIn, email, webinars, telling the prospect story, they can draw themselves into it, which is going to get them to raise their hand. And that's exactly what happened. I believe in this book so much, Heath, it changed my career. I actually got, they have a certification you can go through to become a story brand guide. And I'm happy to say I am today because I'm like, their content, access to their content is so important to our business that we want to be able to teach people what changed my career. So if you haven't read the book, go get that book today. And so what is... What is some of that advice that you give nowadays and that you would give to my audience listening, whether they're underwriter, whether there's company rep, whether they're an agent, no matter what, you know, maybe they're a customer service rep, uh, account manager. What what is some advice you can give from being that guide of story brand? Yeah, great question, because we work with all different types in the industry. And I, I'll start with the underwriters and the carrier reps, anybody who works with an advisor. So you work through brokers. Your biggest challenge is commoditization. Brokers love commoditizing things. I was a a broker. So you've got to find a way to stand out. And the best way to stand out is tell your broker story, who you're the broker you're trying to attract, and do it more than anybody else. Because if I see you and I learn from you the most, I'm going to end up working with you. The same thing goes for brokers trying to target employers or individuals. Just focus your content. Remember, the word content does not mean social media alone. It could be LinkedIn. It could be Facebook. It could be an email. It could be public speaking. It could be a webinar. It could be a podcast. Just focus your content on telling your prospect stories. So the thing we tell, we do with every client, Heath, is we say, we're going to sit down. We're going to identify who are you speaking to? Because that's where you got to start. And the best place to start with who you're speaking to is to look at your current book a business and go, who's my favorite client today? Yep. Because your job is to go find more people like that. And if you look at your book of business, I'm sure you and I, you were the same way I was. You could identify some great clients and you also had those clients. You're like, oh, I just wish they'd go away. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And I got, you know, when I was consulting clients, I would go through helping them build their niches. And I would say, like, where do I start? I'm like, go in your current book right now. Open up, go through all your files, look at the things, get on your system and find out. 
it's going to jump at you really quickly where, you know, your niche should be. You, you know, if you've written, even if it's four more restaurants than any other class of business, there's a good niche for you. You know, even if it's this and you'll know really quickly and then talk to your customer service reps, call, talk to your account manager, your staff and find out which class of business that I write right now sucks to write. Which one's your least favorite? Which one gives you a heart attack, a headache, problems, gives you that indigestion that you don't want? And they'll tell you real quick. We do an exercise we call the five-star prospect profile. Everything I everything I brand has a sports theme. So five-star prospect profile. Love that. It, when it comes to identifying your ideal prospect, here's a key. And this is really important for underwriters and carrier reps. Not every broker is a good fit for you. And the first question you got to ask is who are who is our who is my favorite client today? Because my job is to replicate that one person or that company. The next question is why? Now, this is the key, Heath. There's two ways to identify a, an ideal client. There's demographics and there's psychographics. You and I, everybody in the industry has been taught demographics, size, location, how many employees do they have? What's their revenue? What's their location? What industry, right? That's demographics, but you can't use demographics alone, especially in, this is good for the commercial advisors. I've never had an advisor say, Andy, my favorite client, is ABC Manufacturing. Why? Because they're a manufacturer with 75 employees. Now, the owner, he treats me like crap. He never does anything I ask him to do. He doesn't want to listen. He blames me for anything, but they're a manufacturer, so they're my favorite. Nobody said that. That's why you need psychographics. Psychographics is who are these people? What do they stand for? What do they believe in? How do they make decisions? What do they think about what you sell? Because if you look at your best clients, you and they, you and them are psychographically aligned. That's why they're your favorite. So identify the psychographics and go find more people like it. We like to say the riches are in the psychographic niches. There you go. Add that extra word of psychographic niches. <laughs> I like that. Okay. So we've talked to the underwriters and, and the carrier reps. The producers out there right now, um, or the account managers, or the staff at an agency, PNC, or health, or whatever, um, story brand, like what? Give give some advice there as well. Yeah. So so with that being said, here's what here's where this five star prospect profile starts to come into play. The first two questions is who is your favorite client? Why? Then you have to answer what problem do you solve for these people? What is the problem your agency does better and it solves better than anybody else? What's the problem that lights you up? What's the problem you love solving? Now, once you have that figured out, it's cool. What's your process to solve it? I bet you if you go look at your best clients, there's some process you have used that you can rinse and repeat that you you, you take to solve these problems. And this is key. Keith, once you've identified a clear process, your job is to now go interview prospects to see if you're, they're a fit for your process. We spend way too much time in this industry getting interviewed by clients or prospects. No, no, no. We should be interviewing them as much as they're interviewing us. And then the last question is, what is the result your process creates? Well, what we've just done now in that exercise is we've identified the hero, who. We've identified the problem. We've identified the solution, our process, and we've identified success. The only other parts of the story brand formula now we have to answer is what is it they want? What's their goal? And how is that problem affecting them today? So what does failure look like today? And if you just sit down and get really clear about your best clients in that story, all you need to do now is pivot that message into your marketing. A great example, Heath, where most of the industry goes wrong is if I go to the average, the typical insurance agency website and I open up the homepage, who are they talking to about? Are they talking about themselves or the prospect? They're probably talking about themselves, right? Yeah. Most agencies. A hundred percent. The website, the website has got to tell your prospect story. I got to come to your website and in three seconds, I got to know who you are, what you do, and how you're going to help me survive. That's without using you that telling brand. me. Without you, and that's you telling me using that story brand formula, even in places like your website. 
Yeah, and I think as far as content writing and, and some of that, and you push back on me this. You're the you're the the SME on this. Um, is it you know I I feel like that is could be done with with questions you know thought provoking questions of, or you know painting a picture on your website of imagine a world where this or, you know does this happen in your life or whatever it might be. Here's a great example, and I like to have a little fun with this, Heath. I challenge my agencies I work with that just do benefits. I'm waiting for an agency, a health insurance agency to have as their headline on their website, we build health insurance plans that don't suck. Right. You'll know exactly what you do. Yeah. Um, but to your point, <laughs> here's an exercise or, or a strategy any advisor can start using today in their first meetings, discovery meetings, whatever you call your first meeting with a prospect. Yeah. We all have been taught how to fact find, right? Yeah. Do all the fact finding you need to do, but there's four questions you should always ask. And I learned this from a, a coach I've worked with. Uh, Steve Napolitan taught me this, and it was powerful. Question one, ask the prospect, what's your number one goal right now? Yeah. Question two, what would it mean if you could achieve it? Question three, what is the problem that's keeping you from achieving the goal? And then question four is how is that affecting you and your company right now? Yeah. What you've just done in asking those four questions is think about the story brand selling formula. You have found out what the goal is. You've uncovered and identified the problem. You've uncovered the success they want. What would it mean if you could achieve your goal? And you've uncovered the failure. How is the problem affecting you today? Well, the only part, other parts of the story now you need to fill the blanks in is you're the guide. What's right. your solution? Bingo. And I think if more producers just kept it that simple, they'd be able to come back with a good solid proposal. That's all about the prospect. And that's a, we could get in a whole other topic about sales proposals. If you just make the sales proposal about your prospect, not your capabilities, you'll win more business. Agreed. And, and, you know, it, it reminds me of, you know, going back to, and again, I think this is something that's been in our, in our, in our lives for so long. If you imagine the old, old, old school, uh, movie trailers in a world where blah, 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 you know, and they're starting, they're teaching you back in the eighties and the seventies and whatever, how to do this. And you're painting that picture, you know, in a world where this is happening, you know, this hero comes in or this happens, you know, this guy, this, whatever, and it's right back to this book Donald Miller, you know, wrote about story brand. Like you said, it will ruin the movies or ruin things like that because you're right. But people just won't. It's so simple. People don't do it. And so if you listening right now can do it, you're going to set yourself apart. Especially in our industry. Think about, you know, you talk about the old trailers of the think about Star Wars in a galaxy yeah. far, far away. That Remember how the words were literally trailing? It was brilliant. I mean, that's yeah. brilliant. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, it was just anyhow. So yeah, I agree with on, on, on that. And so one of the things that, you know, I've seen in your content that you've talked about and you have, I think it's four, maybe. Yeah. Four C's you talk about, you talk about clarity, you talk about content. Um, what was some of those other C's? Yeah. Did? So yeah, we call it our, our mar complete game marketing playbook. It's clarity, content, capture, and convert. So our curriculum, Without giving away the the secret sauce, can you? Get no, we don't. We don't. We don't mind. It's I tell people this way: clarity is who are you and who are you talking to. Yeah, which is what we just went through. Yeah. Yep. Content is what are you saying and where are you saying it. Yep. And now on the other side of the coin, we get into capture and convert, which is more sales driven. Capture is how are you generating qualified leads, not just any lead, because in our industry, remember, it's been historically go buy a big list of leads and just hammer them. No, 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 no. How are you actually generating qualified leads? And then the convert is how are you turning them into clients? And our philosophy, yeah. Heath, is not what when in our program, we don't teach like the perfect pitch and things like how to drive a sales conversation. What it's right. all about is this if you have a solid marketing process and a solid sales process that you can rinse and repeat, you will have success. And by the way, there is no perfect process, just have a process. Yeah. And, you know, we talk about capture. I think that's one of the biggest things going back to what we talked about in the very beginning. You know, there's a lot of, and, and I hate to say this because I'm going to offend people, but it's my show. I could do that. But there's a lot of lazy agents out there. There's a lot of lazy producers. There's a lot of lazy people out there. And maybe not their fault. Maybe technology has aided some of this. Maybe, you know, some other things have aided that. 
And so if that word lazy offends you, probably because you're lazy. But, you know, there's people out there that say, I can't cold call or I can't do this or that. But when you talk about capturing those, what are some of the, the things, again, I don't want to make you give away the secret sauce, but what are some of the things that you talk about that could help an agent listening right now? If they want to put some actionable steps in right now today, what are some of those things that you talk about? Again, remember, this is marketing I've learned from other industries, right? It's not something that's been traditional in our industry. Number one, does you or your agency have a lead generator? Have you created some kind of PDF, white white paper, maybe it's a video training where somebody says, I want to get my hands on that and I'm willing to give you my email address to get it, right? That's webinar is a classic example of a lead generator, right? If I sign up, I have given you my email. That's already a qualified lead because somebody has voluntarily given you their email address. Now you can drip on them. Don't sell them right away. Drip on them. Bring you good know, Do you remember you've been in the financial industry a long, a long enough time I remember we used to do this in the form of those dinners. You get invited to a free dinner and they'd have like a hundred people in a room for this free steak dinner. And then of course, 10 minutes into the dinner, here comes some old guy on a stage. that's going to tell you about your finances and how you could do it and set up appointments with you. But it worked. Yep. He would get, yep. I don't know, a hundred emails or a yep. hundred phone numbers. I, it simpler. is. Yep. It is the best way to get a qualified lead. I, I honestly, today, he look at a LinkedIn connection as a qualified lead. Because if somebody voluntarily accepts my connection and they're a prospect, they're now seeing my content. That's a qualified lead. And so for people who want to put this into action right away, it's build some kind of lead generator. Somebody is willing to voluntarily give them your email. Now, webinars are the easiest place to start. Because if you put a webinar out there and 30 people sign up, you just got 30 emails. Now, here's the key. The minute the emails, uh, the, the webinar is done, the goal is not to call everybody to book an appointment. The goal is, hey, we got their emails now. Why don't we continue to bring them a ton of value with good email content? So that when the day comes up, they say, yeah, we're not really happy with our broker. You're the first one they think of. I will share this if I could share a story here, Heath, because this is powerful. 2015. Yeah, go for remember, it. I'm out in Colorado now. Nobody knows who I am. I said, I'm going to do an email newsletter. I had no email platform and I had a list of 30 people on my list, on my email list. January, 2015, I create my first newsletter. Here's what it was. It was a Word doc and I picked a strategy that I was using or had learned in the health insurance industry and I PDF'd it. And here's what the white, here's what the document had. Here's what the strategy is. Here's how it works. And here's how you, why you need it. I would, I literally took that PDF and I attached it to an email in Outlook. Remember I had no platform. And I BCC'd all 30 people. Hit send. And all the email said was, here's your January's newsletter. Enjoy. Now, here's what happened. First email I sent out in January, five people said, stop sending it to me. So 30 became 25. I kept sending it once a month. Pick a new strategy, attach, send. Started building the email list from 25 to 50, up to 75, between 75 and 100. And I kept sending these out every month. By April, I would get replies. Hey, it's really good stuff. By August, now I'm getting emails saying, hey, our renewal's coming up in January and you really helped us out. We'd, love, we'd like to talk to you. First year using Outlook and starting with a list of 30, Keith, I wrote almost $200,000 in commission. That is absolutely incredible. Um, and again, it just shows just staying consistent, going back to your consistent, persistent, and patient. Um, and I love what it says there behind you, you know, keep doing it when everyone else quits, you know, because again, someone else would have quit and said, uh, five people, why you want me to drop off? This is already, I'm already losing, you know, I'm, I'm done. But you decided I'm going to stay persistent. I'm going to stay after it. I'm going to commit to the process. No matter if the process sucks or not, I'm committing to a process a plan, and then you're going to be patient. And again, the ones that watch this on YouTube, it says enjoy doing it because there's no finish line. And I love that. No finish line. I haven't heard it quite patience like that, because, but I, I do love that. Uh, well, I, 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 I customize these because I had to hear this myself. And I'm sure you you've done this because you've sold an agency, right? Like people get in this industry and they think there's some finish line. For some people, it's I'm going to sell my agency at some point. But if you go with it at the, with that attitude, 
you're going to make bad decisions. You're not going to enjoy the process because there's always that finish line sitting out there. If you just wake up saying there is no finish line and all I get to do is enjoy today, it's going to help you enjoy the process. Yeah. And that that's crucial. And, you know, for me, you know, it was always that, you know, it's a marathon, not a sprint, but again, a marathon has a finish line. And so I'd still have that mind, that mindset of, you know, getting to the finish line. But I think I, I like that, you know, and I think I know I like that no finish line. So that's good stuff. But again, so for those that are listening, you know, a good piece of advice is giving you to find uh, some sort of ad value add, some sort of takeaway that's going to get them interested in what you're talking about. Um, so I think that's solid. Anything else that you could uh, you could tease us with a little bit? I would say if we're staying on the subject of capturing leads. Um, one yeah, of the best things, right one of the best things I did for my career, and I will always promote this, Heath, is if you are willing to take the stage and use public speaking as part of your prospecting, it is a career changer. There is no other platform that gives you the opportunity to turn a cold lead, somebody walking in the room who does not know who you are, into a hot lead 60 minutes later where they're walking out saying, we need to talk to him or her. Nothing else does that. On top of that, public speaking is an amazing lead generator. So when I'm on stage delivering my keynotes now, some point in the talk, I will give the audience an opportunity to go download the playbook. So with one talk, we're generating 25, 30, sometimes 50 email leads in a matter of minutes. So I tell people, when you use public speaking, it is the best way Quickest path to cash outside of referrals. And that's something I was taught by a mentor. But it's the best way to take the stage. It's the best way to have credibility. And it's the best way, best way to generate multiple leads at one time. Yeah. And I would even take that a little bit further, even to say, you know, start a podcast. Um, because it's a form of public speaking. It is. And the public speaking, yes, 100%. When I started doing public speaking, A, you have instant credibility. You know, B, like you mentioned, and B, like you said, you're up on stage and people are looking at you as the subject matter expert and they're like, oh, this is the guy. But same thing with the podcast. Um, I started this podcast, uh, people that know this already, three years ago um, because there was a pandemic. I had nothing else going on. I thought this will be a couple of weeks. No big deal. I'll start this podcast to help people that are at home and we'll just talk and hang out and whatever. And then when the pandemic's over, you know, in March, April, whatever, then whatever. We'll go back to normal and I'll stop the podcast. But instantly um, people started seeing me as a, as an expert and stuff. And I'm like, I'm not, but because I, I had this platform, I had this mic, people look at me like, Oh, he knows what he's talking about. And so then I started getting those emails of, Hey, could you, like you said, your buddy was like, Hey, can you help me with the things you've been doing? Can you help me with things you're talking about? Huge. And so you as an insurance agent, uh, listen to this. If you wanted to have a niche in trucking, start a podcast aimed at truckers. Learn everything there is to know about trucking and talk to them about their what they do every day. Restaurants, you know, habitational or whatever, construction, whatever your niche could be. Start a podcast aimed at that niche and you become a subject matter expert immediately. And you start having that credibility. Very similar to what he, my man here is talking about with public speaking. Absolutely. <clears throat> yeah, I would just tell you. Oh, you're good. No, you're good. Uh, I, I, th I thought you went on mute there for a second. I apologize. No, you're absolutely right. Here, here's the reality. You said something offline, Heath, that I want everybody to hear. And that's what this really comes down to is time management. You know, yeah. one thing that's unique about our industry is for most producers, they're not just hunters. They're probably involved in the account management in some way, shape, or form. So you've got to be really good at time management. You know, we work, we work with some producers, not only are selling, managing, they're running their teams or running the agency, right? So you have got to be effective. This is why I started leveraging and leaning on this concept called exponential awareness. Because at the time I was in charge of selling our large group business and managing our large group business. So I had to be effective with my time, which meant when I am prospecting, I have got to get a message in front of as many people as I can, as quickly as I can, right? So I look at it this way. I'm, a, I'm kind of a math guy. I'm a numbers guy. If it takes 18 calls to reach one prospect today, which is the, the statistic, 
it's going to take me 180 calls to reach 10 people. Now, if I'm fast and I can make a call every two minutes, that's still six hours of calling to reach 10 people. Or what if I leveraged webinars where I could get in front of 10, 20, 30 people in 45 minutes? Uh, public speaking. I could be speaking to a room of 100 prospects for 45 minutes. A social media post, an email newsletter. These are all ways to get your message in front of a lot of people at one time, which makes you more effective with your time. Now, I'm not saying don't cold call. But what I am saying is if you do all of that, you're going to be more effective with your time. You're going to create a ton of name recognition. So when you do pick up the phone, people know who you are. Yeah, man, I I love that. Uh, I think that's you. You've given a lot of good stuff away here, and I, I know that the ones listening right now that are, you know are still hanging out with us, there's a, a good portion of them that are saying, "How can I learn more? Where can I get some more from Andy?" So as we wrap up a little bit, uh, the last little bit here, I'd love for you to talk about um, how you know. Tell me a little bit more about Complete Game Consulting. Um, you know, we've gotten into the, the four C's. We talked about the, who, the, what, the, when, the, why, the, where, all the things, but tell me, you know, some other things, if, if you want to get into, um, this is your, this is your time to, to talk about complete game consulting. I appreciate that. No, I'll keep this short and sweet. So when I talk to sales directors at agencies today, Heath, the one thing I'm hearing more often than anything else is Andy, you know, we have some sales training. We've been using some, some sales training programs for years. The challenge we're having right now is the training's good. It helps generate better sales conversations, overcome objections. But number one, our producers are having a problem booking appointments. So they can't even have sales conversations. And number two, we're having a struggle with turning a meeting number one into meeting number two. And so the complete game marketing playbook is really heavy on, all right, how are we going to build name recognition for your producers so they're booking more appointments with the right people? And it starts with that five-star prospect profile that I yeah. that I did earlier. Then you got to think about, cool, what am I saying to these people and where am I saying it? Where is the, are you using LinkedIn? Are you using emails? Are you using webinars, YouTube channels, podcasts? I mean, there's so many things out there today. How are you getting this message out there to create name recognition? And if more producers just took the time to focus on that. They would get a lot of people to know who they are because to win business today, here's the key. You need likability and credibility. And building that kind of content strategy is going to create both. Here's the challenge we have in this industry. And I know not all, there's going to be some people who don't want to hear this. Our training is outdated. The reason we're not training people how to win today is because we're really proud of the way we did it in the past. But there's this thing that happened three years ago called the pandemic, mm -hmm. and it changed everything. You started a podcast. You saw how this was changing. Those are the tactics and the strategies we need to use today to help producers win more business. And that is what Complete Game is. Our Complete Game marketing playbook is helping producers identify who they're going after, what they're saying, where they're saying it, and then how are they capturing leads and turning them into clients? Love it. I, I, I appreciate that. And I, I think there's a lot of people listening and I've had other consultants on, I've had other salespeople on, but you know, everybody's got their niche and everybody's got their thing. And I love where you're coming from on this. And I love, you know, hearing about the story brand. I love hearing just the simplicity of it, but just getting people to do it and staying with them on that and helping them in that area is huge. Yeah. I think just no. your story alone you know, that consistency and persistency and patience. And I think that's huge. I, I love that part of it as well. If someone wanted to get in touch with you, how would they find you? How would they get in touch with you? How can we, you know, what's your call to action from this? Yeah, there's a couple I'd love to give. Number one, connect with me on LinkedIn. We're all over LinkedIn with our content. So if you want to come learn from us, LinkedIn is the place to be. Yeah, gameplaybook.com. Yeah. It's in the yep, show yep. notes. Go check it out. Perfect. Yep. And connect with me on LinkedIn for sure. And connect. Okay. Um, and is that the website, Complete Game Playbook, too? Um, uh, CompleteGameConsulting.com is our company's okay. website. Yep. Got it. Uh, that's in the show notes as well. Um, Andy, I, I appreciate you coming to hang out with us, having a little fun with me, talking some sales, to get into all the things I love and care about the most, from fried foods to sales consulting to story brand, the whole nine. Man, I appreciate you. No, man. This has been an honor. Thank you for giving me an opportunity. Yeah, I appreciate it, brother.
Thank you, thank you, thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for joining me and Andy today on the program. I hope that you got a lot out of it. Guys, go to uh, Heath at insurancetownpodcast.com. Introduce me to your friends. If you want to be on the show, I've gotten several emails from you guys lately, and I want to hear more from you. Also, I'd love to hear what you think about uh, the little bit of switching the content and how we're having a lot more fun with it. I'd love to hear your feedback. Thank you, those who already have. Uh, shout out to my good friends out there that have. Continue to do that for me. Uh, that's the only way uh, that I can continue bringing you valuable content on this program. Heath at insurancetownpodcast.com. Uh, guys, uh, uh, I look forward to hanging out with you again next week. Have a great week. Bye.